This podcast is proudly produced and presented by the Zoomer Podcast Network, home of great podcasts like Marilyn Lightstone Reads, Idea City on the Air, and The Garden Show. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of The Garden Show with Charlie Dobbin. Heard every Saturday morning at 9 on Zoomer Radio, the new AM740. Welcome, friend, to our weekly garden party. We hope you brought along your questions because it's time to dish the dirt. On The Garden Show with Charlie Dobbin, exclusively on Zoomer Radio. And a good morning, one and all. A little cloudy right there right now. Cloudy but warm. And stopped raining, which yeah, is good true, because yeah. I was telling Charlie before we got in the studio here, today's a big day at the, in the farm. At We've the got farm, all yeah. the family coming for Thanksgiving dinner. And spending and, the night. And spending have... the night. And we've got a blow-up mattress. To get from Every the, floor the space oh, my covered Lord. in bodies. Yeah, yeah. It's going to be just, just a ton of wild fun, and Yeah. Looking forward to it. So that's an early Thanksgiving. Yeah. But it's also maybe a bit of a, a Rosh Hashanah you're having, right? Because that's, oh, could, that's yes, starts of course. tomorrow night. So yeah, good be, morning. To all our, Happy our New friends Year of the Jewish to, faith, yep, absolutely. Yep. Uh, what the hell? Oh, I, I was going to say, I feel pretty darn good for a guy who's just lost $50 million. <laughs> I, I won nothing in the lotto match, but, but you then told again, me nobody won nothing. Nobody won. Yeah. Well, not the big Anything. prize, any, yeah. So it's 60, yours next week. $60 million. I'm, I'm waiting for that. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> anyway, here we are, my friends, and Charlie Dobbin is here as well. She is your garden expert, okay? I'm I'm the under-under-gardener. Mm-hmm. I'm the guy who gives you the phone numbers yes, like this. For, <laughs> for Toronto, in Toronto, call 416-360-0740. Then anywhere in the province, toll-free, 1-866-740-4740. And our little mantra goes this way. Call early, call often, one question per call. And if you happen to be a first-time caller, please let Duncan, our operator, know, and he will let me know. And just before you get to the airways, you're going to get the garden wings, your bell. And there's nothing better than the garden wings. Because then you're up and you can hover and get a much better, different perspective. maybe a little Jameson's, (laughs) but other than that. (laughs) What do you got for us? You've you've got um, some emails? Uh, I do have a few emails, Mm -hmm. but they're kind of long, so we'll get to those eventually. Okay. You know, it's the old one question on the radio show. It's 14 questions by email. (laughs) Uh, (laughs) There you go. Novels. Uh, Just want to remind everybody, my website has Mm -hmm. excellent tips, information about what's going on in my garden and some of the wonderful callers tips and oh, recipes yeah. they're up on charliedobbin.ca or charliedobbin.com or believe it or not charliedobbin.net wow.org oh yeah sydney covered your daughter all. your daughter covered everything yeah didn't she? she's great she's totally great uh so there's that going on um cats I'll just give you a, oh, i know yeah, yeah. cats and gardening don't go together missed. but they do so Mist, I think I told you, like he's he's our feral cat that adopted yeah. us, mm-hmm. and it's so interesting because when we moved with him and have taken him with us to Prince Edward County, he like he knows obviously, and it's almost like he's he's like you really love me, like you oh, no you kidding, didn't yeah. leave me behind, like you yeah. you took me, like you oh that's you sweet. are looking after me forever yeah. and ever and ever kind of thing, and it's like he's like smiling all the time. He's like he pur- you look at him, he starts purring, like he's just no, so kidding. happy because I know it took forever in a day for you to oh, even reach out to touch, touch him. him. Oh yeah, or like, we're have five. Have him stay years. indoors. Oh gosh, he would just yeah, he it was super cold. He would sneak in for like thirty seconds and eat really fast and run outside. So yeah, 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 yeah it's been a long process of taming that kitty well, cat, isn't but, that great? but it's just so. Cute. 
cute how he's he's like walking so tall, right? Like it's like, oh, you really do love me. But meanwhile, <laughs> Carter, our our other yeah. kitty cat, who is so long suffering and such a sweetheart, putting up with <laughs> the the mist. Um, Carter's missing the outside a lot because oh, we don't want to let him out because it's just too much unknown, and we don't have any trees to speak of. There's yeah, no shelter yeah. in case something you know tries to get him. <clears throat> but he was trained on a, a leash and a harness as a kitten, huh. so he's back into the leash and the harness. Oh, so. you take him for a little walk. So we've been oh, going for little walks, which is so so funny. Uh, walking along in our sort of wasteland of a yard, and all of a sudden, so he's walking la 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 because he wants the grass, like he's chewing oh, crab yeah, grass, right? Yeah. Uh, all of a sudden, a cricket jumped right in front of him, <laughs> and my cat is big and overweight. And he, I swear, he went straight up four feet. I have not seen him do that in years. It was so funny. And he's like, whoa, yeah. I'm going to die. It's a cricket. <laughs> oh my. I'm gay. I want to go inside now. <laughs> oh, that's great. What a neat report. <laughs> yeah. So, so that's what's going on at my house. At this it's point. a perfect report. Oh, dear. All right. Well, with that... <clears throat> Uh, behind us, that uh, vain, <laughs> awful attempt at humor. Let's take a little break here and then come back and say hi to Peter in Southampton. By the way, in Southampton, last weekend was a huge weekend. They had the big band celebration. Oh, there, Southampton and Port Elgin. Oh, so wow. maybe maybe Peter can give us let an us update. Know if he, yeah, if he had fun. With that. Okay, all, right. all that coming by here on Zoomer Radio. Daffodils and daisies, bluebells and begonias, Forsythia and foxgloves, marigolds, magnolia, lavender and lupins, dahlias, delphiniums, stalks, stalks, hollyhocks, tulips and sweet williams. You've picked the right place for everything floral. This is The Garden Show with Charlie Dobbin, exclusively on Zoomer Radio. And uh, hello there to people uh, tuned in, you know, with the, uh, the camera <laughs> oh, on in the, the web. studio. Yeah, yeah we yeah. stream people, live. I forget that, you know. That we're here. Yeah. <laughs> so we've, we've got to be very careful with some of our nope. facial expressions. Yeah. <laughs> hey, Peter in Southampton. Good morning. Hi, um, Peter. I didn't attend the big band concert or whatever it was. Oh, you didn't. Uh, okay. So no report, obviously. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I um, have two... Hibiscus, hibiscus plants, mm-hmm. perennial. Mm-hmm. One is a deep red, and the other is a pinkish white, and they both have great blooms, eight mm. inches in diameter. Yeah, yeah. Now, the problem I have is that the red hibiscus gets attacked with an insect, and mm. right now, it looks like someone took a shotgun, mm-hmm. oh. and it's the leaf, the foliage is full of holes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It looks like a lace, I'm sure. Have you seen any insects on the plants? Uh, no. What I do is I take my um, ammonia concentrate in the early spring mm-hmm. and spray it. Right. And later on, when the foliage is on, I use a safer insect spray. Right. Now, that works if you see insects. Remember... Safer soap will not kill insects that are not being sprayed, so and it's not a preventative in any way. But it is very effective if sprayed onto pest insects. Yeah. Do you look at like in the bottom of the leaves, the back side of the leaves? I have yeah. looked on the back. I have looked on the bottom of the leaves, and I see nothing. So maybe mm. they 
come out at night. I don't know. Yeah, exactly. Well, there are. I mean, slugs, snails, earwigs, they're all the nighttime chewers. They're nocturnal insects. But you know what's been a huge challenge this year for a lot of people are the Japanese beetles. Oh, really? And they'll eat anything. They'll eat leaves. They'll eat buds. They'll eat flowers. I mean, and they just, once they get going, they just chow down. Yeah, voracious. I mean, the good thing, Peter, is that we are getting towards the end of the season. Uh, the, the perennial hibiscus, of course, will, um, once it's frosted, the, the foliage will all die down and, you know, basically go to sleep for the winter and then emerge next spring. What I would do is, yeah, look really closely for, and the ammonia idea on the soil early in the spring is mm-hmm. a good idea in terms of slug and snail nests that might be there. Mm-hmm. Um, otherwise, yeah, it's, it's, maybe get your flashlight and go out in the middle of the night. But if it's, if it is Japanese beetles, you should see them during the day. But if, my question is, why doesn't it attack the uh, the hibiscus with the white, the pink? It does nothing has touched that. Interesting. So the red one's more edible than the pink one, the pink yeah. and white one. That's wow. the point. Mm. I mean, they aren't the same, right? They look different and they probably taste different. And so something's going on there that it's not as tasty. The pink and white one is, for whatever reason, not as tasty as the red one, which is unusual because the red one is the so-called wild type. Well, Well, you would think the wild type would be actually the the tougher one of the two. And the pink and white one, a little more highly bred, uh, typically not as vigorous, and more often is the one that would get annihilated, and yet this is the opposite. Wow. Doesn't sound like Charlie has the answer. I don't for have you. a clear yeah, answer, no. that's for sure. It's a get get that flashlight in the middle of the night. See if you can see anything. Um, you know, it, insects can be obviously squished or or drowned or or whatever. But we are at the end of September, so we are moving on in terms of the. Yeah, what about the rubber anyway. hose thing? You know, laying, laying a uh, section of rubber hose for the earwigs traps, that that might if it's earwigs. Yeah. What, do you put anything in the? No, the, no? no. It's because earwigs don't like light. The, oh, so as soon as yeah. the sun comes up, they die for cover. Well, so you put out like empty piece of hose or bamboo, the hollow yeah. bamboo, and that you create a little hotel for them for and during then the dump day. them into a pail of water. That's right. You yeah. have to empty them. Otherwise, you really are creating a hotel. <laughs> <laughs> well, good luck with that, Peter. Yeah. Sir, we couldn't be more Let us know, on yeah, that. if there's any more information on that. Thanks for calling. Okay. Hey, just hey. a minute. Frankie reaches for the bell. Just nice. a minute. Yay. That's, that's for Bob in Scarborough. Good morning, Bob. Good morning. How are you? Good morning. Thank you. Welcome to the show. Yeah, thank you very much. I My question is oh, probably very simple. I have uh, two large uh, sunflower seeds put sunflower plants mm. in the backyard and they have beautiful um, sunflowers on them. Mm-hmm. What, what my question is, how do I harvest the seeds from those plants before the squirrels get I was going to say, uh, I'd be yeah. surprised if you can. And so the squirrels haven't been up on the sunflowers yet? Not yet. Wow. Wow. Don't say that too loud. <laughs> I got slow squirrels in my area. Yeah. I, I live in the city. Now I live in Scarborough. No, but the squirrels, there's lots of squirrels in Scarborough. Yeah. <laughs> well, I mean, it's, it comes down to a question of maturity of the seeds, right? So, um, yeah, there's that, co- there's that fine line. Ultimately, what you're going to do if you're going to harvest mm-hmm. them is you're going to get out some loppers and you're going to lop that whole sunflower head off of the top oh, of the right. stem and then bring it into a situation like meh, maybe a, a porch or a spot where it can dry down a bit. And so you don't want it in the house. You don't yeah. want it in the garage, but you want it out of the weather, out of rain and that sort of thing. Mm-hmm. Okay. So, so it's that drying down and then it's a, literally once it's sat out for, you know, seven, eight days, you'll find that just rubbing it with your hands, the seeds the will, seed just drop will out drop there, yeah. out. 
note. So, um, but you harvest too early, then the seeds aren't mature. You harvest too late, then the squirrels will have their way. Yeah. I understand. <laughs> okay. Gee, good luck with it. Let us know how you make out with that, Bob. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Thank you very, very much. Okay, good for thank you. you. Like being yeah. able to grow two, I mean, Woof. I know. Usually when they're about you know, two feet tall, the squirrels are on them. Right? Well, you know where we live, right across yeah. the road from us, mm. uh, and just down the road about 100 yards. Uh, there are a, a Chinese family there who are growing fields. Oh, nice. Uh, oh, sunflowers. like thousands Beautiful. of sunflowers. Wow. Oh, my God. And they're huge. So oh. I wonder what they're growing them for. I don't know. I, I suspect maybe for the seeds. I, but well, of I'll, course. But, I mean, is it the oil? Like, sunflower yeah. seeds are grown for oil. There's the yeah. oil industry. There's the cut flower yeah. industry. Yeah. There's the bird seed industry. I'm going to go ask them. Yeah. Like, okay. there's so many sort of different reasons why you would grow sunflowers. Yeah, be nosy. Hello, it's yeah. your nosy neighbor here. I know. What's going on? How, what's, what's the long-term <laughs> what's plan? What's with the <laughs> Okay. We have to take a break, and we're coming back to say hi to Ethel in East York. You are listening to The Garden Show from Zuma Radio with Charlie Dubbin. Don't change stations just because the weather changes. Garden tips and advice all year round. This is The Garden Show with Charlie Dobbin, exclusively on Zoomer Radio. And as promised, we're heading to East York. There's Ethel on the line. Good morning, Ethel. Good morning. Good morning to both of you. Morning. I have a question about this hydrangea. I have this, the new one, the, it's called the Bethany, I think. Okay. The pink one, which is turns pink right. right now. It's beautiful pink right now. Uh, do I trim it right back in the springtime? I do. You I, do. Yeah, I leave leave the the blooms on for the winter because they'll turn bronze. I always do, yeah, yeah, and up. they're ornamental. I mean, some of them will blow in the wind and, and end up at the neighbors. But either way, okay. it, certain amount of protection <laughs> for the plant by leaving that growth there. And then I wait till the spring, and when the hydrangea starts to wake up, right when the soil starts mm-hmm. to warm up enough and the temperatures are warm enough, you'll start to see little green buds on the stems. Uh-huh. And the green buds will definitely, typically, always be at the bottom or base of the bush mm-hmm. or the shrub. Mm-hmm. They sometimes will go all the way up to the top, depending on how what kind of winter we have, whether yeah, it's a really yeah, cold uh-huh. one or not. But regardless of whether there's green up at the top or not, I still always take the plants down to about six inches tall. Six inches, okay. Yeah. You know, I did. I made a mistake. I, I got them in there for two years now, and I did not trim it last yeah. year. And I'm telling you, it's tall this yeah. year. Yeah, and then they flop. And it fell apart. That's right. So I yeah. have to tie them back up, you know, just to keep them in shape. Yeah, and okay. you don't want that. You, no, yeah, no. If, if you have to tie up your plants, then it's just not worth it. You'd be better to prune at the right time. So early spring when yeah. you start to see the green. Okay. okay? Thank, yeah, thank you very much. Have You're a great day, both thanks of you. For thank you, Ethel. Bye-bye. Appreciate that. And hey, uh, it looks like the sun's going to pop out. Do you know that? Oh, wow. Yeah. yeah. Uh, Gray sky, but yeah. bright. <laughs> yeah, Paul Grave, Ontario. There's Mary on the line. Good morning, Mary. Welcome to the show. Hello, thank yep. you, and uh, good morning to both of you. Good morning. Um, I called probably a couple months ago about a plant that I bought and had indoors. Mm-hmm. It was called Lily of the Nile. Yep. And you said it should be outside for the summer. For the summer, and mm-hmm. that's what I did do. Mm-hmm. What do I do with it now? Because I, excuse me. I split it up because it was so huge, wow. and it's all roots. And now that I have it, what do I do with it for the winter? So what did it look like all summer? Did it bloom? No. Okay, so you had it bunch... wasn't out, I don't think, long enough. I think it was only out for a couple of months. Okay, but it was so a lot of green leaves, though, right? Yeah. And it was in a pot or in the ground? No, I put the... I put... 
and divided it up into about four pieces and then put it into pots and put the pots into the ground. And now I've taken it out. Okay. So during the summer, during the growing season, so May to September, it's uh, uh, Lily of the Nile is also known as Agapanthus. So it's a lovely flowering bulb, blue flowers, not that hard to grow if you've got lots of sun, well-drained uh, potting mix in, in your containers, uh-huh. some fertilizer during the growing mm. season. But that, those pots with those tubers in there will need to come in f- and be frost-free for the winter or they will die. Okay, <clears throat> so, so I can bring them indoors. Yeah, and if you have now, a, should I should I leave them in soil? I would or take them out of the no, soil. No, I would leave them in the pots. There's no reason to unpot them. Okay. Now, uh, if you have a sunny window, you can continue to grow them as house plants. If you have a root cellar, you can force them to go dormant. Stop watering them. Leaves will all turn yellow, and just stick them into a cool, dark location, and they will just sleep for the winter. And then you'll wake them up uh, in March, roughly, by pulling okay, them out. I don't have that cool, dark location. I do have a sunny window that's totally full of plants. But I'll see what I can <laughs> fit do them in. <laughs> Maybe about give one away. Them a spot. So yeah. that's what you do. You bring them in in the pots and leave them. That's what I do. Mm-hmm. And it's then way it's, easier. Uh, uh, come spring again, put them back out again. That's right. Once we're and should I leave them in the pots then or take them out of the pots? No, no, I leave them in the pots. And, of course, if they're huge, big tubers, you may need to move up to a bigger pot. It's hard for me to say. Well, they look like roots. They don't look like tubers. I don't know. They're just a whole lot of roots. <laughs> yeah, but you want them root-bound. You want the yeah. pot to be full of roots because they they'll always bloom better when they're root-bound. Oh. Okay, yeah, 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 so yeah. they're not Don't found panic. right now because I divided them up and gave them <laughs> extra space. Yeah, so that's good. So you're good for a couple of years now. Main thing is in and out with the weather. Okay, we'll okay. do that. Thank good. you so very much. Thanks for much. calling. Thank you, Mary. Yeah, have interesting. Yeah, thank you very much. And you have a great weekend, too. Yeah. Uh, Hamilton, there's Barbara. Hey, Barbara, good morning. Good morning, Frank and Charlie. Good morning. Um, I was told to call you in August. But a lot was going on in August, and here I am a whole month late. <laughs> but it's concerning my poinsettia. Okay. It looks beautiful, the green leaves, mm-hmm. but that's all it has. There's no red or <laughs> yellow. Yeah, well, Isn't it's not okay? Christmas. Well, but it's not Christmas yet. What's your no, rush? Right. right. <laughs> <laughs> so I bought it inside. Yes. From outside. Mm-hmm. Now, what should I, should I have it in the, uh, Somebody told me I have to put it in the dark. Yes, you do. So I put it in the closet in my bedroom. But would it be better down in the fruit cellar? Okay, so here's the deal. If you want to your green poinsettia to turn colors, whether it's red or pink, whatever color it was last winter, right. it will do that again. But you need to give that plant 12 hours of light and 12 hours of dark every 24 hours for the next six to eight weeks. Oh, wow. So it's in and out. So it's into the closet and then out of the closet every 12 hours. Okay, so at night in the go to bed and in the morning wake up. Yeah, and if you've put it into your closet, say in your bedroom, just make sure that at night when you're going to bed, like say you put it away at 7 o'clock at night, and you know you're going to pull it out the next morning, but you're in your bedroom and you say, oh, I need to get my house coat out of the closet, you don't want to open that door. So it's got to be kept in absolute black darkness with not even a speck.
speck of light no when it's Actually, in the dark. it has its own bedroom. Oh, there you go. <laughs> so, That's beautiful. Okay. Yeah, no, so, it's quite, it's not that hard to do. Solved, it, yeah. It's just that yeah, repetitive yeah. time in and out. And I think I've made a mistake already because I've had it in the closet day and night. Yeah. That, well, I know people know about the dark and then, but logically, I mean, seriously, logically, it's going to die if it's in the dark all the time. You okay. Got it. Yeah, so we'll it it's called right now, photoperiodism then. when a plant responds to light and dark. Well, dark, I know. dark more than a anything. lot of people are telling me, I won't bother with it. Don't do I it. Know. It's a lot of work. <laughs> but I'm it's fun. Timing with the yeah. lights. And I, I know. Thought, well, I'll listen to Charlie. She's the pro. Sometimes <laughs> oh. I tease people. I go, just buy a new one. But, <laughs> yeah, um, but exactly. still, it's fun to try. Oh, yeah. Yeah, it yeah. is. I was, I'm just experimenting. Sure, why Good not? for you. If it works, it works. <laughs> if it doesn't, well. There you go. Exactly. <laughs> thank you, Barbara. Thanks okay, for calling. Thank you. Hopefully Have a good day. Timely you question. You yeah, know, that's yeah. coming, right? So, yes. Good, yeah. Oh, my gosh, yeah. <laughs> and and uh, the stores, uh, Costco and God knows... Oh, I forget what another mums. story is. It's in. all mums right now. Well, I, I mean, saw some Christmas decorations oh, coming out. Oh, yeah, of course. You know, They're all, Lord Love a Duck. They've oh, got yeah. Halloween on one side and yeah, Christmas on the next. And they've had that Christmas out for like six weeks. I, I know. Like, what the? Hey, Wanda in Scarborough, what's going on? Welcome to the show. Oh, good morning, Charlie and Frank. Good morning. I was given an African violet. Well, there were three in a pot, and mm-hmm. they bloomed beautifully. Mm-hmm. Now, I separated them into smaller pods. Okay, good idea. Yeah. But how do I get them to bloom now? Uh, all right. So <laughs> now you put, tell me you put them into little, like, four-inch pots, right? Right. Okay, good. And what, where have you got them located in terms of a window? Well, they're a, uh, it's a North Bay window. Okay, that's good. They'd like a North window. Do they? Yeah. Oh. As long as it's not too cold. So come winter, be aware of the, any cold coming off the window. Right. The main thing, okay, there's two things with African violets. I guess there's probably even more than two, but I find they do best when you make, when you stress them a bit. So air on the side of underwatering rather than overwatering. So, uh-huh. so feel the soil, uh, watch the leaves. When the leaves start to droop a little bit, water, but remember water from below, like there's a saucer below. So yes. put, put your water into the saucer or on the surface of the soil, but you never want to get the leaves wet. No, um, I do it from the bottom. Yeah. And some people are big fans of some of the African violet fertilizers because there are many of those out there. But I just find that African violets are just funny that way. They, um, it's got to do, like I said, more with stressing them and mm-hmm. underwatering than, than taking too good of care. If you love them too much, then they'll just be green. Uh, so yell at them a bit and tell them that you need some flowers. Because <laughs> they can flower. I don't have to fertilize or anything. I wouldn't fertilize now. Wait till February. It's a good idea to, fe- to fertilize. But right now, the plants are responding to shorter days. Mm-hmm. So it's easy to, to um, you know, be inappropriate with fertilizers at this time of year. Yeah, but it's, they still, they can flower at any time. It's like orchids, right? They can mm-hmm. flower year round. So go for it. Just uh, yell at them a bit. Okay. <laughs> They'll respond. Okay. okay. Well, thank you very much. You're, You're welcome. welcome. Welcome, Wanda. Um, yeah. As we say goodbye to Wanda, that opens up a line for others to call in and have a chat with Charlie Dobbin here in the Garden Show from Zuma Radio. Number in Toronto, 416-360-0740. Anywhere in the province, toll free, one 740 Four seven forty, and let's see. We go to Caledon next. There's Virginia. Good morning, Virginia. Welcome to the show. To both of you, I love your show. It's beautiful. Thank, oh, thank you. Thank you. 
Um, the reason I'm calling today, uh, I have in the garden uh, a lot of asparagus uh, mm-hmm. that I planted quite a few years ago. Mm-hmm. And they're all like all over now. Like mm. they they multiplied everywhere. Yes, the patch got bigger, kind of like raspberries. Yeah, yeah. yeah. we like to uh, put them nice and straight, like <laughs> in, a, in a, you know, like so we can yeah. we can go through to pick them or. That's right. Yeah, nice if you can keep yeah. them orderly in rows. Yeah. I would like to know which is the best time to dig them out and uh, replant them. Hmm. It's a good question. Um, I I'm going to double check this. I have a feeling you could do it either now or in the spring. If you do it in the spring, though, you are going to limit your harvest because obviously where you're moving around and digging and, and, you know, moving plants around, you're not going to harvest any of those plants that you've moved that first spring. So less, less to harvest. If you do it now at this time of year, uh, the plants get a chance to get some roots going, get going, you know, get a little bit organized in terms of being ready to provide a harvest next spring. Yeah. But you're going to end up having to cut some of those ferns down a bit in now if you do that just because you're going to lose roots, you're going to have to do a little bit of top growth cutting yeah. down, not all the way, but just bringing some of that that ferny top growth down. Maybe leave about six uh, like 10 inches. Up. Yeah. Well, how tall are they now? A good 3 or 4 feet, aren't they? Mm-hmm. So, I take them down to half height or whatever they are now. But I am going to double check this because I haven't ever transplanted asparagus, so it's a good question. Hmm. <clears throat> I'm going to. I, my recommendation right now is do it now in the fall. But I, when we have a break here, I'm going to look it up. So keep listening, and I will confirm that I was right or wrong with my <laughs> best uh, suggestion. I will listen. Uh, I will keep the radio on next week too. I, I actually I like it all this every time. I love to hear other people with different questions. Yeah, exactly. Yep. Good stuff. Super. Thanks, Virginia. Thank you. All righty. Talk to you next week, maybe, huh? Um, Lorraine in Toronto. Good morning. Welcome to the show. Good morning, Frank. Good morning, Charlie. How are you both? Good morning. morning. Excellent. Good. Okay, my problem is, in my backyard, I have that invasive plant, Chinese knockwood. Now, I've used the weeds where, uh, uh, you know, vinegar and soap, and it's killed. Is there anything that you can do for that? Because I cut them down, and the next day they're, like, sprouting uh. out again. So what are you calling Chinese knockwood? Um, they, I looked it up, and they say oh. that's an invasive plant. It's uh. all along the Humber River through Hyde oh. Park, and they grow really tall, and they get mm. these beautiful white flowers at the top, and their roots spread, spread, spread underneath. Huh. We cut some down and we laid it on the ground to dry, and they were rooting into the ground. And no um, kidding! Wow. Okay, let me just double check because I'm not. Oh, knotweed. Knock, knock, knockwood. Is it knockwood? Well, there's such a thing as knotweed. Maybe no, that's it. Knockweed, Chinese knockweed. They grow about ten, twelve feet tall, and they just beautiful white flowers. But they're an invasive plant. They're yeah, all we have a lot of that lately. Uh, okay, yeah. so. There, yeah, it is definitely not weed is a huge problem, uh, very invasive. So to, to destroy any of the not weeds remain, that remain on the site, allow the cut canes to dry out, then burn them. Oh, wow. Oh, okay. Do not on any, on any account add them to your normal household waste or your, your personal composters. Uh, when digging out, remove as much root as possible, then repeatedly destroy the regrowth by mowing or mm. with a, um, a, non-selective herbicide like Roundup. Roundup is quite effective early in the spring on green growth of noxious weeds. 
Okay. So, but you do have to stay on top of it. They will, the plants rarely mm-hmm. die with one spraying, but, uh, and it's, they only, like, doesn't do anything on bark. Mm-hmm. Um, Roundup must touch green growth, and you have to be careful that you only put it on what you're trying to kill. So you don't use yeah, it on it's a windy it's day. Everything else up. That's right. It's yeah. not what they call non selective. So, yes, it can be a real problem. Um, depending on where it is, I mean, there's that idea. We've talked about it on the show solarizing, you know, the big plastic mm-hmm. tarpaulin over top of where oh, okay. the problem sure no is. no light gets in at all. Yeah. yeah. You, it's, you, it's back in the back of the property mm. in my yard, and it's um, it's grown taken over there. Mm. So that's what we can try that. Yeah. Now, it, I use a solution of uh, vinegar, um, Epsom salts, and some Dawn to kill the weeds in my on my patio. Would that ha- kill that, do you think? Or does, it kill, does it kill your weeds? Oh, yes. Wow. Huh. And what's the solution again? It was. It's one gallon of vinegar, um, two cups of Epsom salts, and two tablespoons of the blue Dawn detergent. Oh, really? And I wow. sprayed it um, in my interlocking brick, and a couple hours later, it's all shriveled up, and we just pull them out. Well, son of a gun. Uh, you know, maybe time. Charlie's going to get that recipe on her website. Uh, well, that's, that but you know what? Good. I think it's the vinegar that's doing all of that. Because yeah. the soap and the Epsom salts. Blue will, Dawn, yeah. Blue Dawn is just detergent. Those things, yeah. well, yeah, on a hot, sunny day where the sun is blasting down, yes, the detergent can help hit, kill plants. Yes. But it's probably the vinegar that's doing most, most of the, work, of the, eh? the killing there. Yeah. And Chinese knotweed is pretty tough. But get out your whippersnipper. Cut, this would be in the spring or even now. Cut it yeah. down as tight to the ground as you can. <clears throat> then a tarpaulin over top. All the edges sealed with rocks or two-by-fours or soil. Whatever. No mm. light allowed underneath. And you can eventually suffocate uh, the, those noxious weeds. Oh, good. I'll try that. Okay. Thanks for hey, calling. Thanks, thanks, thanks Lorraine. Day, you too. No, thank Bye-bye. you very much. Yep, going to for sure. Now, we have to take a little bit of a break here. Uh, and that'll give time for some research to be done <laughs> by Charlie on the computer and to come, come back and determine whether she was right or wrong in as long as you aren't distracting me, chitter-chattering oh. about other things. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no, I never do that. No, never. No, of course not. <laughs> back in a moment here on Zoomer Radio. <laughs> Daffodils and daisies, bluebells and begonias, forsythia and foxgloves, marigolds, magnolia, lavender and lupins, dahlias, delphiniums, stalks, fox, hollyhocks, tulips and sweet williams. You've picked the right place for everything floral. This is The Garden Show with Charlie Dobbin, exclusively on Zoomer Radio. Well, Charlie, as you can see, I have my little bell in hand here. Yes. So... That is for Teresa, first-time caller here in Toronto. Hi, Teresa. Hi, good morning. Morning. I'm actually in Mississauga. Oh, Oh, Mississauga. Well, (laughs) let me mark that down. Okay. Yeah. Uh, Charlie, I actually was a student of yours in the Humber College course, the very first course you taught in greenhouses. Nice. Yeah. Nice to I was one of the few that was not in the horticultural business. We were there just for fun. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh, good. Nice to hear yeah. from you. Yeah. So um, I'm calling because I'd like your advice on uh, picking the perfect backyard when we move. So my husband and I are ready to make a move, mm-hmm. and I want a backyard that is perfect for vegetable gardening. Mm. And real estate agents really don't understand <laughs> no. what I should be, you know, what I want. Right. So, uh, I mean... It should only be south-facing. 
Not you know, necessarily. I mean, okay. um, yeah, we all kind of have a sense of wh- what direction we want the front or the back of our house to face, usually. Um, a Western location for a vegetable garden can be excellent. It's very hot, very sunny, uh, as is a South. Very hot, very sunny. And, of course, that's what vegetables want. So, yeah, either of those. And if, assuming you want to put the vegetables in the back, then you would be looking for yeah. that that look that direction for the back area. So West or South. Um but you know like yeah, I mean I've done a lot of vegetables in the front of my house too the house I just moved out of in Richmond Hill faced south at the front and I've mixed up all kinds of vegetables in amongst roses and flowers and this and that and the other thing because it's wonderful you get the southern location and then you put a tree in and now you don't have so much sun so yeah. now, you know what gardens are always evolving mm-hmm. um, is there anything what about the tree line couple things causing shade um, you mean like a neighbor, like cedar yeah. hedge, that sort of thing? Yeah. Well, you know, keep in mind how the sun moves in, in the summer, particularly coming up in the northeast, doing that sort of very large mm-hmm. circle all the way around before it sets in the northwest. And of course, in the summer, it's, it's a, or sorry, in the winter, it's a much shorter, the, the traverse is much smaller and the days obviously are shorter. So just, uh, you know, any yard you're standing in and you're looking, hmm, I want to do vegetables here. But, you know, your phone has a compass on it. Get your little compass out. Stand there. Get your north-south orientation so you're absolutely clear. Because sometimes it's hard to know what direction we're facing. And then do, you know, do an eyeball of what's going to happen when the sun is doing its thing during, you know, June and July mm-hmm. and August when you really need that maximum sun. Okay. Also be aware of soil. You'd be surprised, of course, how important soil really is. So, you know, if possible, just take a little trowel with you when you go to visit a house or a shovel. Okay. Just get a sense of pure clay, pure sand, or, or something in between. Okay, great. Okay. Thank you. Okay. Well, thank you very much. And uh, something we don't mention often enough. What's that? Once Teresa has purchased that house, she can always hire you ah. as a, an advisor to come in, uh, take a look at the property, yeah. say, okay, here's what I would do. Right. Well, the for optimal. You. Yeah. Yeah. But those Happy are the plants. services yeah, you true. provide. Yeah, I do. I do. Yeah, yeah good point. All right. Thank so you, Frank. Check out that website, That's, which is yeah, again charliedobbin.com. Right. everything. Hire her. The girl needs work <laughs> as if she doesn't have enough to do already. Wow. Hey, Patty in Pickering. I love it. A little alliteration there. Good morning and welcome to the show. <laughs> Uh, good morning, Charlie and Frank. Thank you for taking my call. Um, my question is that I've been collecting seeds from flowers that have finished blooming, uh, for instance, cosmos and echinacea, and I want to know if I should keep them all winter and plant them in the spring, or should I just sprinkle them on the ground now, because I think that's how they uh, keep uh, producing by feeding themselves. So. Right. So good question. Um, cosmos, as you know, is an annual plant. So the seeds, if they were to germinate this fall, would die and the little plants would die in the frost. However, our cosmos that we grow in our gardens will often just drop seeds. They'll sit there all fall and winter. Come spring, they'll just naturally germinate right there in the garden. Mm-hmm. So there's sort of depending on the kind of fall we have, you could just to be absolutely positive to make sure you get the cosmos plants, you could hold on to those seeds and go out with those in the spring because that way for sure you're putting them where you want them and you know that they, they should come up given mm-hmm. the, you know, a, a preparation of a seed bed and you're giving them lots of sun and you're planting them, uh, you know, early spring, out, straight outside. Um, echinacea. What I notice um, when I'm walking around and looking at other gardens, that they seem to come up on their own. Mm. So are they a, 
a biennial? No, they're coming up from seed. They okay. are a, an annual, but they, it's the seed that survives the winter, not the plants. Okay, so I should sprinkle some outside now. Yeah, like I said, you could sprinkle it now, or you could wait and sprinkle in the in the spring. And when okay, it comes so to, per- I could keep the uh, some and do it both ways. Yeah, exactly. If you've got that big a collection, why not? And the um, echinacea that you've collected seeds from, depending on the varieties, you got to remember many of the echinacea are uh, quite highly bred, and the seeds will not necessarily grow what you think. So the seeds are not going to match the parent, depending on what echinacea you've collected seeds from. So that's always a bit of a surprise. You can see what comes up. And honestly, the those seeds, sh- you, I would sprinkle now. Mm-hmm. Get them out for the winter. Good to know. Then I will uh, I will go ahead and uh, proceed on what your advice is. All righty. Thanks for calling, Patty. Thanks, Patty. All the very best. And thank you for joining us. And I, I say all of you, you, I mean, <laughs> all of you for, for calling in with such I interesting questions. Boy, oh boy. Load, and we, we're going to have to leave a couple of folks on the line because yeah. we're just running fresh, fresh out of racetrack, you know. It's true. And uh, you've got a busy day ahead of you. I do. I've, you and I are going to grab a little breakfast. And yeah. then uh, I'm on the road meeting a landscape contractor at a, at a supplier, basically mm-hmm. a landscape um, construction company supply uh, out in Prince Edward County okay, to, yeah. to discuss hardscaping and patios and stairs and all that stuff. important yeah. stuff. But I was serious about, you know, uh, considering the fact that if you've got a problem on your property, you don't quite know what that to do with it as far as gardening is concerned or design. Who better to hire yeah. than Charlie Dobbin, for yeah, God's sake, go. right? She's right. been everywhere, that's well, for sure. exactly. <laughs> and I've had, no, yeah. you know, Shirley has got the table already set with all the Thanksgiving Turkeys. stuff. and Oh, it's going to be so much fun. I'm yeah. just looking forward to it so much. Big big feast coming for oh, you. Oh, yeah. My, Af- her sister Betty's bringing the ham, you know. <laughs> wow. And this wow. is after you do some more shows this afternoon. Oh, course, yeah. Because yeah. you're nonstop. Uh, 2 to 3.30, I'm back in the air here. So all I hope right. to have some of the folks with me. Mm, good stuff. Well, you have a wonderful feast and Thank you. you know, great, real yeah. good show this afternoon, live in the city, right? You got it. You're, yeah, so enjoy that. And I'm going to be, like I said, heading east and uh, going Safe to driving. hopefully next steps. Okay, kiddo. Thanks, everybody. Thanks, Duncan. See you all again next week. This has been an exclusive podcast of The Garden Show with Charlie Dobbin. Heard every Saturday morning at 9 on Zoomer Radio, the new AM740. This podcast is proudly produced and presented by the Zoomer Podcast Network, home of great podcasts like Marilyn Lightstone Reads, Idea City on the Air, and The Garden Show.